welcome to Rebel Hearts, a podcast dedicated to the rebel girls and riot girls in the music industry and why they matter. Each episode will feature songs by bands you just need to hear. So if you think you're ready, I will see you in the front. My name is Sam, and this is episode two. In honor of April being Sexual Assault Awareness Month, today I'll be focusing on sexism in the music industry. Now, sexism in the music industry has always been a big part of women being involved in it, and the hook for the Runaways was even these girls can actually play. So even as early as the 70s when the Runaways were around, and I'm sure sexism has been alive and well way before even the Runaways time, Um, It's always been really apparent and unfortunate, but today I'm going to highlight some of the more recent ones from um, my generation and the music scene that um, probably a bunch of you guys are listening to right now. So let's hop right into it, because why not, right? So um, I mentioned before, Girls to the Front by Sarah Marcus is going to be a huge Um, book that I'm going to reference in this podcast because it is the first book that I ever owned that dealt with um, women in the music industry. And then it ties into the Netflix documentary, The Punk Singer, about Kathleen Hanna from Bikini Kill. I looked today and Netflix, I guess, took it off because it was too great, you know, too good to have it on Netflix for all of eternity, right? So, Kathleen Hanna wrote most of the first few Bikini Kill songs about sexual assault and her abusive boyfriends in the past. And in Girls to the Front by Sarah Marcus, I have the paperback version. I don't know if they ever made a hardcover version, but I have the paperback version. And on page 42, um, Sarah Marcus writes, Art and music were the only place Kathleen saw that had room for contradiction and ambiguity. But even in punk rock, her peers seemed to think feminism was no longer useful. When she met other female musicians on tour, she interviewed them, asking, How does the fact rape exists affect your life? How does being a female affect your work? With distressing frequency, she got the same answer. Oh, it doesn't matter that I'm a woman. I'm a musician first. One musician admitted that her male bandmates pressured her to wear a tight dress and lipstick at shows while the guys dressed more casually. She insisted she had transcended gender. Now, on page 42 still, so basically this entire page I'm basically reading to you guys, uh, Marcus begins to go on and say, when Kathleen and her bandmate Louise were so often the only women on stage the whole night, when they had to open for a band in Ohio whose singer blurted between songs, incest is best, put your sister to the test, when Kathleen felt terror in dark alleys behind rock clubs that the men in her band never experienced, what fantasy land were these other women living in? Now, um, with all that being said, I'm going to play you guys a song by this band, Punch. The song is called um, Worth More Than Your Opinion. It's off their record from 2014 called um, You Don't Have to Believe. Or They Don't Have to Believe. Sorry, my mistake. They Don't Have to Believe. It was released in 2014. So let me just play that really quick. Uh, The song is called Worth More Than Your Opinion.
Punch. Again, the song is called Worth More Than Your Opinion from their record, They Don't Have to Believe, that was released in 2014. That is the last record that uh, frontwoman Megan O'Neill is on. She now has a, another band. I don't remember what it's called. I'll probably link to it in the show notes, but um, check it out. It's really cool. So back to uh, The Runaways. I know I was just talking about Kathleen Hanna. But uh, now we're going to skip to The Runaways. Um, on page 31 to 38, which is from Neon Angel, the hardcover first edition from 2010 is the one that I own. Um, Cherie Curry obviously wrote it. Um, the pages 31 to 38 just deals with Cherie Curry dealing with the sexual assault from her sister Marie's boyfriend. Even on page 38, he says, I have a thing for virgins. Come on, Cherie, it won't hurt. And all those pages is just basically her recollection of everything that's going on and how that was really damaging to her. Um, also in Neon Angel, page 72, they're discussing a new girl who's going to play in The Runaways. And Lita says, she says to Cherie, Kim, Kim Fowley, their manager, doesn't feel that she's good looking enough. Isn't that right? And then Kim says, she lacks rock and roll authority. This is a rock and roll band. Nothing against her, but she's just not pretty enough. That's important. Anything less than that would be world, anything less than world domination is not an option. So Kim Fowley, um, I don't know if you guys that are listening to this have seen the movie The Runaways or have picked up Neon Angel by Cherie Curry, but Kim Fowley used to refer to them as dogs all the time, used to call them dog cunts, like just really verbally abusive. I guess it worked and the girls didn't really see anything wrong with it, you know, that much. I mean, they were all like 14, 15, 16 at the time, so I don't really think that they knew anything different and they believed that he was really helping them out. So um, he's just a whole different thing. But um, I can't really find, I couldn't really find anything else in Neon Angel as I was thumbing through it. If um, I do come across something else, of course, I'll bring it up. But I couldn't really find anything else that um, Cherie mentioned when they dealt with sexism. I'm sure that they did because they were all young girls. Um, I didn't realize that it was Cherie's choice to wear that lingerie on stage during Cherry Bomb. So I think that's really cool that she chose to do that and nobody told her that she should, you know dance around in her underwear because she was 16. So I thought that was pretty cool. So that's all I have for The Runaways right now, but I'm going to move on to Marielle Loveland, who is the front woman of the band Candy Hearts. This took place in May of 2016, where Marielle took to her personal Tumblr account to recount her sexual assault by her then boyfriend, who was the manager of the band Seaway. Um, she mentioned that he uh, would yell at her and shove her and just really verbally abuse her and then uh, went into all the times that she felt threatened by him and what made it worse is that he took to the internet as well to tell his side of the story in excruciating detail and even as far to say that Marielle is bipolar and she was trying to um, get whatever publicity she could for her solo career and that... Um, and that just like really was terrible. <laughs> and she since went on her Tumblr to respond to his response in like a much shorter thing, basically saying, I don't owe anything but the truth. I said 
what actually happened, whether you choose to believe me or not, whether you choose to believe him over me, it doesn't matter. She says, I told my side of the story. I'm happy with it. And that was that. And then Alternative Press also ran an article that I'll link to in the show notes where the title of is, title of it is, I felt so de- felt so de- uh, defeated, Ugh, sorry, I felt so defeated. Uh, Mariel Loveland of Candy Heart speaks out on alleged assault. I love how they say alleged. She says it happened, so I don't know what makes it alleged. Um, she's even gone on to tell her side of the story on Silverstein frontman Shane Told's podcast, Lead Singer Syndrome. It's a really good episode. Um, I listened to it when it came out, and it was just really kind of heartbreaking, especially because I watched all of it kind of unravel between her Tumblr post and his alternative press response and all of that. It was just really, really emotionally trying. I'm sure it was emotionally trying for her. So that was really, really rough. And it also had to do with Kevin Lyman from the the gentleman who runs Warp Tour. He he was involved in it somehow, and Marielle said that he was nothing but kind to her, and then her abuser was saying, you know, she was shitting all over Kevin Lyman and all this stuff, but I have my own beef with Kevin, Ly- Kevin Lyman because he let Front Porch Step, who is a another um, abuser, on a couple of dates of Warp Tour, and no matter what he says in response to that, I think is absolutely absurd. I think he played like two dates or something like that, but um, I don't have... I'm not going to talk about French Porch Step in this episode, but um, I will talk about it at some point in a different episode. But what he did was really fucked up. And I've read his um, his victim's Tumblr post about that. And it probably took her days to write because it took me almost two hours to read. It was really intense. Um, I'll definitely talk about that at a later date. Um, but I'm going to move on with a couple more of my ladies in music. Um, Haley Williams, I told you I would talk about her again. Um, I'm going to play you guys a clip in a second from YouTube. In September of 2010, Haley Williams, who is no stranger to sexism, I, I explained that in the first episode, just a couple of things that she's experienced in her time. Um, she, what Paramore does is during their last song, it's always the encore for their 2007 single Misery Business that exploded them from the album Riot, they have been inviting people on stage to sing the last verse with them for as long as I can remember, at least since like 2009, this has been a thing, maybe even since 2008. Um, They always invite at least one fan on stage to sing with them. And it's really cool. I've been to a ton of Paramore shows. It's really, really nice to watch these people their literal wildest dreams come true. And every time I go, I kind of want to get picked. And another part of me is like really scared shitless that I'm going to forget all the words. And it's like really terrifying, but also I kind of hope I get picked one day. But anyway, so she invited a couple of people on stage instead of just one. And there were two guys and one girl that went on stage. And one of the guys decided it was okay to, after taking his selfie with Haley, to kiss her on the cheek. And this was her unpleasantly um, surprised reaction. Oh my god, he just kissed me. That... Ugh. Ugh. Don't kiss me. I will kick you off the stage. That's disgusting. 
So that was Haley being kissed on stage by a fan uh, without her consent. Uh, I know she went a little crazy um, with saying she was going to beat him with the microphone. But other than that, uh, the message is don't kiss anybody without their consent. And that's um, not debatable. <laughs> so um, Haley actually did a little interview with Fuse TV that I will link to in the show notes. And it says Haley Williams sounds off on sexism and they spelled her name incorrectly. So that's a little bit of a bummer. But I'm going to read this really long quote. Um, I'm probably going to fuck it up because me and reading on a screen is just not my strong suit, but I'm going to try for you guys. So here we go. When I was 16 and we started touring, I looked like a 12-year-old boy with no makeup, sports bra, one of the guy's shirts, and I'd wear the same pair of jeans for a month straight. I never showered and was gross, and the guys that were probably a good 10 years older than me harassed me. I remember playing North Star Bar in Philadelphia, and this guy yelled, Take off your shirt! probably 10 times. Luckily, the flame-haired songbird eventually found the strength to fight back. It had happened a couple of times at this point, but this guy was super aggressive about it. She said, by the fifth or sixth time, I realized that I'm the one with the microphone. I've got the power here. I don't have to be quiet. Sometimes there's strength in letting your actions speak for you. But in this moment, I was like, I don't have to take this. He said something again. I said something back and was just as consistent as he was. And then he stopped. But by the end, I was just like, I don't like you. Get out. I made some guy I knew get him out. But despite her past experiences, Haley feels that things are looking up. I'll link to that whole um, article in the show notes. But um, like I said before, my first episode, Haley went as far as to not even wearing chapstick to photo shoots because she just wanted to blend in because she was tired of being even at 15 and they were barely even a touring band at that point or a well-known touring band I should say um she already felt the sexism of being a woman especially because the only reason people cared about uh Paramore was because she was a girl and she just wanted them to see the music she didn't want to be a solo artist and you know the labels kept pushing her to be a solo artist and it was just all this nonsense that just didn't need to happen but I'm glad she's finally in a place where she embraces her femininity and she doesn't need to hide because she's beautiful and she's talented and her talents speak way more for her than just being a girl in a band. So that's Haley. Now I'm going to move on to my last and probably most disturbing one that I have today. It's the Tiger's Jaw Pity Sex. Um, I, I don't want to say dispute, but... I don't know what to uh, call it, <laughs> but uh, this is back when Property of Zach was still around. Rest in peace. What a good website. Um, this was posted in June of 2014. Um, the title is Tiger's Jaw Release Statement. It is never okay to touch someone without their consent. So um, I'm talking about Brianna Collins from Tiger's Jaw. She plays the keyboard and also does backup vocals and occasional um, front vocals. Um in Tiger's Jaw, and it says, Brianna Collins from Tiger's Jaw has released a statement regarding the events that took place at their headlining show last night. The statement should have never had to be made in the first place, but is once again worth repeating. Do not touch someone without their consent. Read the statement below after the jump. So that's what I'm going to do. Uh, Brianna wrote, 
last night at the Music Hall of Williamsburg, which is such a bummer because I live in New York and I wish I was at that show, someone came on stage and very forcibly tried to kiss me and actually did kiss Britty. Britty is from Pity Sex. I believe she's the singer and plays guitar while she was playing. Another person from the band, from the tour was kissed while taking a photo. This tour is the first time something like this has happened to me, and I definitely feel responsible to say something. Um, before I go on, Tiger Jaw has been a band for at least, I think, 10 years. So for her to say that this is uh, happening for the first time is not only awesome, thank God that it didn't happen before, but also super unfortunate that it had to happen at any point in her career or in anybody's career pity sex tiger's jaw anybody on that tour so moving on uh, she said it is never okay to touch someone without their consent ever i felt so upset and violated as did the others who this happened to touching someone without their consent is not only upsetting for that person but is also a crime we all need to respect each other's spaces, whether it's somebody in the band or someone crowd surfing. I just want to play music with my friends and I shouldn't have to be worried whether or not every person stage diving is going to do something like that. I don't want it to come down to having to say that there's no stage diving allowed at our shows, but if stuff like this keep hap keeps happening and I feel unsafe and uncomfortable when we play, I don't know any other solution. So please do not ever touch, kiss, grab somebody that has not given you consent to do so. You are not entitled to no. You are not entitled to that, no matter what the situation is. Be a decent human being and keep your hands to yourself, Brianna. Now, um, also another thing that I'm not going to get into right now, but I will eventually, probably when I talk about front porch step, is Parker Cannon from the band The Story So Far. He was also kissed on stage, but I believe he drop kicked that fan, or maybe I'm thinking two separate instances. But he's just all around a shitty person, and I'm not a fan of that band or him. And um, he at least drop kicked somebody on stage once from stage diving. I don't know if that's the person that kissed him or anything like that. But everybody was like outraged about Parker Cannon getting kissed. But then the unfortunate part of what I'm going to tell you guys about this incident is I'm going to play you another YouTube video of the band Mixtapes and... Um, Ryan from the band says, fuck Tiger's Jaw. And here's the whole clip that I'm going to play you guys, and it's super shitty. Just want to clear it up. Make sure the person you kiss, they ha they have your permission. No, fuck Tiger's right. Jaw. Kiss whoever the fuck you no, want. No, don't fucking Whoa. say that. Whoa. I have people kiss me on stage. It's the fucking worst thing in the entire fuck fucking Tiger's world. Fuck Tiger's Jaw. Kiss whoever you want. Randy Rockwell over here. It's cool to be an instigator, bro. So it's even worse about that whole thing. I just heard about the fuck Tiger's Jaw part. I didn't know anything else about it. I knew that there was a girl in the band. Her name is Maura Weaver. Um, I knew that there was a girl in the band. So that's why I was really what the fuck about that whole thing. And um, when I just found the video to play for you guys uh, yesterday for this episode today, I didn't know that she was the one saying, you know, please don't kiss people on stage. I've had it happen to me. It's really unfortunate and I hate it. And then of course the guy who this, you know, he doesn't have to worry about this. He's like, fuck Tiger's Jaw, kiss whoever you want. And she's like, no, that's not okay. So I think that that whole YouTube clip, me discovering that just really kind of broke my heart even more because here's a woman saying, hey, don't kiss other girls because it's happened to me and it's not okay. And then a guy saying, no, fuck you. So that's really problematic, and I'm so glad that I never got into mixtapes because 
that's just really uncalled for. And then uh, someone made a retraction statement for him. I think Mora did. And she's like, oh, he didn't mean it. Well, obviously, if he's not making the retraction statement and he felt no guilt after saying that, yeah, no, he's not sorry. <laughs> so uh, that's all the women that I have today. Obviously, these don't even scratch the surface with women in the music industry facing sexism. But I hope I shed some light that this stuff is still happening and is not okay Boy or girl, man or woman, non-binary, binary, nobody should have to deal with sexism. Now for today's last song I'm going to play um, is by the band Lemuria that hails from Buffalo, New York. I've seen them a couple times. They're really great. Um, Alex, who is in the band, he answers all of my emails and he's really, really sweet. Um, they always have really cool things. They have like flexi records and they have mugs. They made vegan hot chocolate one year for Christmas. And it's just, they're all around just good people. I, I love them to death. Um, the band is fronted by guitarist and singer Sheena Ozella, who said that she was really involved, involved in the punk scene in Buffalo and the positive embrace of her community helped her stick with learning how to play guitar and really encouraged her. So the song I'm going to play is called Dog, and it's one of my favorite songs by them. And that's all I have for you guys today. As always, my name is Sam. You can find me on Instagram at samissocks, facebook.com slash rebelhearts. Twitter is rebelheartsgirl. And if you, want to, if you want me to feature your band or want me to talk about something or just email me for anything, email me at rebelheartspodcast at gmail.com. And thanks for listening. I'll see you guys at the front. Here is Lemuria. Mm-hmm.